This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is probably supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and in this episode, I'll be talking to Steve Hoare, who is a member of Redman TV. He's on to share his thoughts on Liverpool ahead of this match against Fulham. This is our view of the opposition show, which is our preview for the upcoming match. I look forward to doing the show, but before I do anything else, I have to welcome Steve back to the show. Steve, you were on years ago. How are you doing? I'm very well, Russ. How are you? I am good. Listen, I'm believe it or not, even though Fulham season has been horrific, I'm looking forward to this match on Sunday. So I look forward to talking to you during the show here and just really getting into this match because it's very interesting as I get more and more into it. So let's start at the beginning because I want to get your view of both Liverpool and Fulham. Obviously, we're going to start yep. with Liverpool. So yep. I want to get your thoughts on Liverpool from the point after the teams played at Anfield? Um, it's probably the best season we've had for a long, long, long time, to be honest with us. Um, yeah. We're very much in it. We're, we're obviously, we're one point off the title race. Um, it, it was a lot better a while ago. We were seven points clear. Um, we had a bit of a blip and Man City took advantage. But, you know, with with, with so, so little time left in the season, to only be one point behind, we're very much in that race. We're obviously into, into the quarterfinals of the Champions League as well. So, as the season's gone, it's it's been, you know, remarkable. If you offer any Liverpool fan the, the situation that we're in now, to be one point off City and to be in the in the quarterfinals with probably the easiest draw with all due respect to Porto, then I, I think every every single Liverpool fan you would have spoken to would have would have bit your hand off for sure. Okay, let me ask you because last season obviously was a successful season. You get to the Champions League final, but you don't win the title. Could the addition of Allison be the difference here? That's what I think. What, what do you think? It's certainly a huge, huge difference. It, it, I don't think there's any coincidence to how dramatically improved we are defensively. Um, Virgil van Dijk helps that as well. Obviously, he joined last January, yes. and he's 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 unbelievable. But and the, yeah, for sure, we had Liverpool have had goalkeeper issues for a long time. Um, we've had since probably since Pepe Reina left, and even the end of Pepe Reina, he wasn't he wasn't as good as he had been for a while. Uh, Simon Mignolet struggled on yep. and off. He had good seasons, he had bad seasons. Carrius, um, again, was hit and miss. And obviously, we all saw the Champions League final, how, how right. that went wrong. Um, and I think, yeah, I don't think Jürgen Klopp ever wanted to go and spend 50, 60, 70 million pounds on a goalkeeper. But then he realised he had no choice. He had to go and do it. Um, Allison became available. Yeah, I mean, he is as good as there is. You know, he's as good as there is in the world. I think he's, he is really, you know, he's made the odd error here and there, obviously. But, He's genuinely saved us points. There's, there's games like what you can look back at. Um, we wouldn't actually still be in the Champions League against Napoli. He makes a save in injury time that keeps us in the competition. We play Burnley away last minute. Um, Burnley have a, a shot top corner. Allison saves it. 
catches the ball, throws it the other end, and we go and score another goal. He has a, he's had that such a, he's had such a big impact on our season. Uh, without him, I agree, we're, we're probably six, seven, eight points worse off in the league, and we're definitely not in the Champions League anymore. So, as signings go, he's been a revelation. Totally agree, Steve. But I'm glad that you also mentioned Virgil Van Dyke. I, I was asked about a couple months ago who was the best defender in the Premier League. I said it was Van Dyke, and I will yep. say that again. So yep. I'm glad that you talked about the combination because actually I was uh, interviewed by a couple different blogs of, about this upcoming match, and uh, I believe in one of them I talked about the players that have been the difference from, say, last season to this season was Van Dyke and Allison. So just talk a little bit about Van Dyke because, again, you got him last season, but I think he has really been a revelation to work with someone like Allison because he's really a leader back there. Every time I see him, everything looks so calm with him in your defense. He is. Uh, this might be a bit hyperbole, and I, I, I don't, I don't apologise for it. He is one of the best Liverpool players I've ever seen. Wow. He is. He's got. I can't think of a single weakness he's got to his game. Russell really can't. He's amazing in the air. He can pass the ball 40, 50 yards. Obviously, if anyone saw the Bayern Munich game, he yep. plays a 60-yard pass to Sadio Mane, and we score from it. He tackles well, he's strong, he's a leader. He, he is just absolutely fantastic. And for a long time, most Liverpool had a problem when the ball was in the air. Um, we, we, you know, obviously crosses, corner kicks, that kind of thing. Now, now I don't panic at all because I'm, I'm confident that Virgil's going to head it away. He is absolutely fantastic. And obviously, we got, we got him last January and you saw from day one how good he was. But this season, he's almost took it up another level. Right. I, I think, that, like I say, Alisson being behind him helps. I think he's got a bit more confidence in, in the goalkeeper behind him. We're, we're able to play a very high line because the, the, we're confident that Alisson can sweep up behind him. He is, and it isn't just him because the other defenders have played well alongside him, but you mentioned him being the best defender in the Premier League. I yes. would go further. I think he's the best defender in the world. Wow. If, there's somebody, if there's somebody better than him, then they must be some player. You know, there, there are great defenders. There's, there's Varane, there's Chiellini, there's Godin, there's... There's plenty, you know, Sergio Ramos, really good players. I think Van Dijk is, you can compare him to anyone. I, I wouldn't swap him for any of those guys I just mentioned. He's been, he's probably been our best player this season. I think he's favourite to win the Premier League PFA Player of the Year award. He's, you know, with the bookmakers, he's odds on favourite. Uh, he has, he's been, he's been a revelation, like I say. And I've, I've seen a little of good, really good defenders down the line. So we've had Sammy Hissier in my time. We've had sure. Jamie Carragher, both really good players. Van Dyke levels above them. He is absolutely fantastic. Okay, excellent. And uh, I'm just going to mention this, and uh, I'll just go right back to you on this. I actually truly believe Liverpool are going to win the title for the reasons we're talking about, because you have everything going forward. You are solid everywhere else, more than solid. You are exceptional. But yep. it's always come down to the defense over the years. And now I think you've solidified that with these two additions the last two seasons. So I'm going to say you're going to win the title, and I'm assuming you feel strongly that you can win it this year, that this is the year. Oh, I certainly hope so. Like, it, it technically, it isn't in Liverpool's hands because if Manchester City win all their games, then there's nothing Liverpool can do about that now. But City have got a lot of games coming up. They're still in a lot of competitions. They're still in Europe. They've got Spurs, a, a more difficult game than we've got. They've still got to play United, Man United. They've still got a few tough games and a lot of games in, in quick succession. And Liverpool just need them to lose one or even draw one game. And if they do that, it's back in Liverpool's hands again. So, yeah, I think, I don't, I can't say we're definitely going to win it because, I, again, it, does, it depends a lot on another team as well. But this team of players have got it in them to, to win the league for sure because they don't concede many goals. We are, we've got an amazing front three, one of the best again in the world. There's no reason why they can't. We just need somebody somewhere to do us a favour against Man City, whether that's Man United, Crystal Palace, Burnley. We just need one team to do us a favour. And if they do, we, I think we're more than capable of capitalizing. Okay, excellent there, Steve. All right, let's talk about the first time the teams played at Anfield. And uh, I'm just going to be honest with you. The Mitrovic situation where he was offside still bothers me because I, I yep. thought Fulham were actually played a very good first half. And obviously everything went downhill from that. What can we learn from the first time these teams played? I'm curious your thoughts, your view from that match. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I, I actually thought Fulham played pretty well. We're probably the better team. Um, I don't know if you remember Ryan Session is one-on-one with the goalkeeper and misses. I do. 
at the at, at nil nil. Uh, like you mentioned, Mitrovic is given offside, which is you know a dubious call at best. It was a very very tight call. Um, we take a free kick. That again probably should be retaken. The ball is moving, and within five seconds, most hours scored the goal. Um, I was impressed by Fulham in that game, and if you'd have, if you'd have told me then that they're going to be in the trouble after in now, I would have been very very surprised because they looked a much better team then. Obviously. You've had two managers since then. Yeah. Things have gone have gone very much awry. But a, a lot of teams have come to Anfield this year, and to be fair, have been absolutely rubbish. Um, even you know Cardiff, who are above Fulham in the league, um, yep. Watford, who are high flying almost in the Premier League, have come to, to Anfield and been absolutely terrible. Bournemouth were the same. Uh, Fulham were, were were one of the better teams who came to Anfield and give us a real good. They give us a scare. It was one yeah. up for a long time, and it could easily have been one all. So. I like to say, I'm surprised that it's gone as badly as it has now since it did then. It's interesting, Steve, because yeah. uh, this has now happened twice. We play Liverpool. Renee Mullenstein gets replaced after that match. Jokanovic, this was his last match in charge. And yeah. I'm just one, and I'm going to say it again, that do not want this to happen. Nothing against Claudio Ranieri, because Claudio Ranieri is a fine manager. He's now... In charge of Roma, so obviously he's still well thought of. My issue was changing how Fulham play because they don't have the players, they didn't, to play under Ranieri. And then he completely changed how they were going to play. You saw how Fulham play. They were still playing the Jokanovic style. It was a little bit different against you. I, th- I think he was finally learning how to play against a team like Liverpool, whereas earlier in the season, I, I don't think he did. And that's why the move at the time bothered me because I, I just thought he was getting it. But that's what's yeah. interesting about this. Like you said, the change of manager, but it was more than that. It was also a change of style. And when you're asking players to play a different style, it really comes to square pegs and round holes where they were brought in to play, I believe, a certain style. And that was under Jokanovic. So that's why yeah. – that's one of the reasons. Listen, there are so many factors why Fulmer are in the situation that they're in. They're just not good enough. But – I go back to that Liverpool match, and I saw the glimpses of the team that I thought, even though they lost in the Premier League, that I thought they were just getting it, and then they it's made fine the margins. It's, 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 real, it's real fine margins, because like I say, if that lineman doesn't stick his flag up, yeah. um, if Mitrovic's goal is allowed, Fulham might escape with a 1-1. Or, you know, I, I still think right. Liverpool, probably would, Liverpool probably would have won the game, but if they never, would that mean that Jovanovic wouldn't have been sacked? You know, it, it's, that's the thing with football managers when they get sacked on the on the back of a big, you know, a defeat against a team who are clearly better than them. Yep. So, you know, if he was going to be sacked by losing against Liverpool, then he probably should have been sacked before that game because the guy, you know, it's it's not like he. So, had he won at Liverpool, does that automatically mean he's a brilliant manager? So we're going to keep him for five more games. It's it's <laughs> it's, it's it's there's so much it's like say so much fine margins. It's I know. Um, I, I thought. I got why they obviously they, they sacked him and it was all it was it was the goals conceded. Colin yes, wasn't of course. You know, Fulham were just it was too easy to score against Fulham and I do understand Absolutely. that. But and they, but then again and I understand why they went for Claudio Ranieri as well. Like say Premier League manager, he's won the Premier League, he's, he's managed here before. But usually when a team sacks a manager because they let too many goals in, the next hire is usually a very very defensive manager. You know, someone from the Sam Allardyce, Tony Pulis style of manager right. who are very, very short. You know, we, if we lose, we're going to lose 1-0 kind of thing. And right. that's why I thought Fulham might have done when they sacked Jovanovic. To go for Ranieri, it was kind of going for a, another football-playing manager almost. It, um, and again, I do understand that because the players you had at your disposal. Yeah. But I thought if, you, if, you, if Ranieri was your hire, then you were probably better sticking with Jovanovic anyway. Yeah, I don't think it, I don't think that the, the change was significant enough to make a change. If that makes sense, there wasn't it that. Do, it does. There wasn't there was there was there wasn't much that Ranieri was going to do that Jovanovic wasn't doing or couldn't do. Right. But if you would have went again, I'm not a big Sam Allardyce fan, and whether he'd have taken the job, <laughs> blah blah. I, I don't know, but at least you, if you'd have gone, if you'd have got him in, you would have known the plan is right. You know, we're going to be solid. We're going to be defensive, and we're going to be right. tough to beat. A bit, you know, like Cardiff are showing now. Sure. That kind, that that kind of football. I just thought it was an odd decision to to sack a man and then replace him with a guy who's who's pretty much similar. And and then, like I say, it didn't work obviously because he's no longer in charge. Yeah. If anything, it got it probably got a bit worse. Um, I did find it odd. And like I thought, Jovanovic was a really good manager in the championship. I thought Fulham. Yep. I know they didn't win the league. I thought they were probably the best team in the championship that year when they came up. Um, sorry, well, second best. I thought Wolves 
were clearly more talented, and then Fulham were as good as anyone. And it, I was surprised that it went as badly as it did for him. But again, that's football. We, we never know what's going to happen. But right. I, I, was surpri- I was surprised it went as poorly as it did. Yeah, it, listen, it went very poorly. And uh, what's interesting about Ranieri is that uh, he's more defensive, obviously, than Jokovic. And he tried to instill that. And unfortunately, I don't think he had the players, again, yeah. to play the counterattacking style that he wanted to play. And it just, yeah. again, it just didn't work. You know, I, I understand why you're bringing up the uh, Allardyce situation because, you know, people have said, well, just bring him in. I got to be honest with you, I, I don't even know if that would have worked just because I don't think we the have players. the players to play yeah. that way. So, of all the money that was spent in the summer, it looks like now they really could have done with at least one more centre-back, at least oh, maybe two. Because oh. obviously you bought you bought quite a few attacking players, midfielders, yep. uh, four. I say Scherler, Barbo, yep. Mitrovic, Sari, and and I just think maybe some of that money, if you could have found yourself a a, a bit a centre back, it's easier said than done, of course. But sure. there were probably centre backs out there who you maybe could have signed. Again, it, right. it's all it's all hindsight, twenty twenty. <laughs> but it, it 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 looks now because again, look looking ahead to this game briefly. Yep. That's where I that's. That's a huge positive for me. You know, Fulham's defence just looks oh, like of course. Liverpool could could run rings around. If, if Liverpool, you know, if Mo Salah plays his best game, Fulham yep. have got no chance. And that's yeah. and that's all because it's all personnel driven. And as much as you know, oh, Scott totally Parker could he could implement any system he wants, but basically the, the players just don't look good enough for the Premier League defensively, yeah. which is a shame because going forward you've got some very very good players. We do, you know, and it's funny that you said about the uh, potentially they should have. Uh, got another center back this summer and I'm going to agree with you, but they also brought in Alfie Moss and who they thought was going to be the leader back there. And unfortunately yeah. he's been injured. So that adds yeah. to it. But, but I agree yeah. with you. I, I would have brought in another center back as well. They, they actually did bring in chambers on loan, but as you probably have seen chambers has been converted to, isn't to a defensive midfielder. So I think that was yeah. part of the plan was for him to be, one of the center backs, and then they end up converting him to a defensive midfielder. So it it's just yeah, been yeah. a mess. But I I hear yeah. what you're saying. I I just don't think they you know obviously they didn't get it right this summer. But no. let me just ask you because again, when I look at Liverpool, they have so many positives. You know, I I, I was mentioning to you that I wanted to talk about strengths. I think we obviously know the strengths. So I'm just going to ask you, someone that watches them regularly, do you see any weaknesses? Um, at times we we. Sometimes lack creativity in the field. There's no, there's no David Silva. There's no, you know, link man per se. You know, the the, the number, the, the conventional number ten who links midfield to attack. Like a few teams in the league, them, a lot of teams in the league got that type of player. We don't really have that. Our midfield can be a bit workmanlike at times. So Fabinho will definitely play at the weekend, and then it'll probably be Genie Wijnaldum, and then one other, whether that's Milner, Adam Lallana, Naby Keita, if he's fit. Because Naby Keita's been he's been in and out of the team, he's been injured, he's probably hasn't been the player we we thought we were signing straight away. We that's our one weakness sometimes. If if teams can be resolute against us yeah. and you know defend well and defend strong, at time, I mean Everton done it well, Manchester United done it well. We drew those two games nil nil. Uh, Leicester came to Anfield and, and did it well as well. We can sometimes lack that little bit of creativity, the link man between the. The workmen midfielders like your Fabinos and your Henderson ball winning type players, and then your amazing attackers. I think that's the one thing that, you know, looking ahead to the summer again, and I don't want to look too far ahead because I don't want to completely write this season off. It could be, it could be, you know, for all we know, it could be a double winning season. But looking ahead to the summer, that that's probably the one area. Obviously, since Phil Coutinho left, we didn't really do any, we didn't replace that type of player with a similar right. type of player. Um, I agree with you. They on tried that. To, they tried to buy Nabil Fakir and, and I think he failed his medical or what have you, so that fell through. And then Shakiri has struggled when he's played in the field, so Klopp is hesitant to do that. He'll play him as a winger, but he doesn't really want to play him in the field. So that's the one, you know, again, I'm picking hers because, like I said before, you know, we're having an amazing season. But, but that is the one area where you could, you could, if you defend well against Liverpool, like really well, yep. I think you can, you, you can boss the midfield. Your midfield can, can prevent Liverpool's midfield from, having an attacking influence on the game. And that's probably the one area where, you know, again, I look at United and I look at Everton and I look at West Ham, games that we've drawn that we probably should have won. Yep. Leicester, you can probably point to that reason for all four of those games. We just couldn't quite 
you know, we were defending strongly. We got our goal. You know, we had an amazing front three. But we probably could have done with that one extra player to make it a, a, a real front four. Like I say, I'm not saying we need a David Silva because he's one of the best players right. in the world. But that type of player who might just link your attack to you on the field, I think that's the one thing that we are missing. It's very interesting. It all goes back to Coutinho, Steve. Yeah. You know, him going out, you know, and listen, you've done well since then, but you don't have that play. That's act- I'm glad that you mentioned that because I wasn't even concentrating on that, but they really have not replaced Coutinho. That's that's very interesting. We're, uh, yeah, uh, we're talking about the, I don't I don't know if you know if we didn't raise 140 million pounds from Coutinho, then maybe we don't have Allison and maybe we don't have Van Dyke. So True. It's, you know it's it's it's, it's we'll never know. We, we don't know the we don't know the balance sheet. We don't know the budget. But there's a reason that you know Jurgen Klopp wanted Nabil Fakir and he couldn't get him. Yeah. Um, and Jurgen's Jurgen's quite a he's set in his way. So if he if he won't settle for second best player, he'll have his targets, and if he can't have them, he won't bother. So in the past we had Rafa Benitez. And Rafa would, if he couldn't get his first choice, say he wanted the right back, he'd just take the second choice. And if he couldn't get the second choice, he'd take the third choice. Where Jürgen's more specific and more, almost more demanding than that. If I don't get who I want, then I'll just take no. I won't have anybody. I'll, I'll just leave it and I'll go with what I got. And I think it's, okay. it's worked well. It's worked well in the past, but in this instance, in, you know, Nabil Fakir doesn't happen for whatever reason. Right. Okay, I, put it this good. way, I think, I think had we signed Nabil Fakir, I think we would almost have the league sword. I think we'd have five, six, seven more points and we'd be in, 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 in prime position. Again, that's all hypothetical. Okay. Who knows how we settles? But sure. I do think that's one thing. Okay, so there still is a missing piece. It's very interesting. We're talking about that. Let yeah. me ask you, because I was just reading that Jordan Henderson looks like he's going to be a, a miss for this match. How much of a yeah. loss is Henderson? Um, uh, to be honest with us, he's, he's not an, he, I know he's the club captain, but he's not first choice nailed on to start every single game anyway. Um, okay. he, he he does get rotated in and out at times. Um, so I don't think it's a huge miss. I think, like I say, the fact that Kite is missed, pro- possibly going to be out as well as at least 50-50. Right, so then I also, saw that. The, yeah, so then we are a little bit we're, we're down on numbers. Um, there was there, there was talk that Oxley Chamberlain could have been back for this game. Wow. But he had, a, he, had a, he had a little setback in his recovery, so he's going to be back after the international break. So uh, I think Fabino and Wijnaldum, Plus one other, whether it's, it'll be Milner or Lallana, I think that's still good enough. I don't think, I don't think that we're necessary. This isn't the type of game. I don't think where we would miss Henderson. With all okay. due respect to, to Fulham, I think Henderson would be more missed against teams who are probably going to pose more of a threat to us. In that, sometimes he, we, Jürgen likes to play two defensive-minded players, which is Henderson and Fabinho. I don't think he would have done that against Fulham anyway. Okay. So I don't think he's a huge. I don't think he's a huge miss, but. What it does, what it just limits us off the bench. He would have definitely been on the bench. He always comes on when he's on the bench, so it, it, it is missing there. But I don't think it's a huge, huge factor. Okay, excellent, Steve. Let me ask you, just looking forward yep. to this match, we'll be talking about Fulham in just a few minutes. Who yep. do you see as the key players for Liverpool? Van Dijk against Mitrovic. Uh, if, okay. if Van Dijk wins, if Van Dijk wins that battle, and I, I think Liverpool will win the game. Um, and then, obviously, like I said before, with all Fulham's defending, the goals conceded, the column is what it is. Is it 68 goals? Something like that. It's, oh. it's high. It's really I've high. I've lost track, it is. Steve, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, but yeah, I lost count at 50. Um, then, again, our, our front three, whatever it is, there's talk that Manny yep. might miss the game, which would be a bit of an issue, unfortunately, because he's been in okay. great form. But um, that would that would be a battle that I would expect Liverpool to win. You know, I'm not sure who on Fulham stops Mo Salah or Roberto Firmino. If someone, if they, and if you stop one of them, can you stop both of them? Sure. So I do think that's a, that's the that's the area what Liverpool are going to try and attack. Um, so that yeah, those they're the two things really. I think if Van Dijk can do a job on Mitrovic or Matip, whoever Mitrovic decides to play against, if we can win that battle, I'd be confident that Liverpool will, will win the game. Well, listen, I, I've got a quote from Scott Parker, and I'm going to read it to you because it goes along with what we're talking about. This is a, a quote from uh, the Fulham caretaker manager. Quote. It's a pretty deadly team. The pace and power they have in the side is frightening at times, unquote. And I think that really goes to yeah. how devastating Liverpool can be. We are full, we are full of pace. Um, the two full-backs are lightning fast. Obviously, Mo Salah, Sadio Mane are, again, two of the quickest forwards in the Premier League. Mavi Kaito, when he plays, is pacey. And then you talk about the power, and that's where Van Dijk comes in. That's where... 
someone like Fabinho, although he's slight to the frame, he's a very powerful guy. So, yeah, we, we are, not only are we a good football team technically, we are a very physically good team as well. Right. We can, you got the balance. We, you know, basically, like, for example, Mitrovic will bully 80% of centre-backs he comes up against because, he's, he, again, he's a big, strong, powerful guy. He won't bully Virgil van Dijk. I can assure you that wouldn't happen. Sure. So, that, you know, that he's, he's the type of player who can, again, if, if it was Matip and Lovren playing centre-back, they're two players who you can physically, you know, you can bully a little bit, you can push them about. With with Virgil, because of his presence, like you mentioned before, that's something that it would be hard for, I presume it would be hard for Mitrovic to do again. I, I'm a big Mitrovic fan. I think he's a really, really good player. Um, I, I totally agree with so, you. So, but, but yeah, I agree with what, what Park is saying. Is that, like you say, if you make a mistake against Liverpool and, and turn the ball over in areas, Liverpool <laughs> can be, you know, at times, Russ, it's like the Red Arrows. Yeah. It, you know, someone gets the ball, they, so, they, Fabinho nicks the ball off someone in midfield or Wijnaldum, and you've got Salah, Mane, Firmino, and then the two full-backs just go, and we counter-attack with such ferocity that it frightens teams. I, we went to the Allianz and played Bayern Munich, and they were scared to attack us because they were t- terrified of the counter-attack. I know, I watched the match. Yeah, and I mean, I watched Bayern Munich, and that's not how Bayern Munich play. Bayern Munich love to attack their full-backs attack with ferocity, and they were just they were just terrified of what Liverpool could do to them. Yeah. In the end, it didn't matter because Liverpool did it anyway, but it, that's the thing. is like, I think the, the, the pace and the power kind of affects how teams play against us as well. Teams can be, yep. like, for example, I know your fullbacks like to attack. I think they will be hesitant to attack knowing that. If, um, and it happened, in, like I say, it happened in the home game. The one time that Mo Salah had a chance to counter-attack and he scored. Yeah, just the one time. That, that, yeah, but that's all, and that's all it takes. And I, I agree with what Park is saying is that we can't, I think Liverpool are a very, very frightening team. I think yep. Manchester City are frightening, but they're more in a technical football kind of way. I think they are, you know, although they, 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 they've got tons of pace as well, don't get me wrong. I think Liverpool can be put in that bracket as well, in that we can play football, but, by, you know, we're, we're not afraid to, to use our, you know, we're not afraid to play a long ball over the top to Mane or to Salah and to chase on too. We're more than happy to do that. We'll use their pace to our advantage. And it'll be interesting to see how Fulham approach that are they going to sit back and defend or you know it's a game I think Russ I don't know if you agree Fulham have to win yes you know, the, the, the gap is is it 13 points yes I mean even it's probably it, unlikely what, at this point Steve to be honest yeah, with you yeah for sure I agree so what to, so a draw isn't really good enough for Fulham is it no. it doesn't really it doesn't accomplish much it could, so I think you've got to win so that'll be interesting to see how they attack us because if yep. you leave space in behind then you know it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big big risk sure and what's funny about all this, and uh, I just have a feeling they're going to go with the uh, ladder and they are going to go for it because a draw does them no good. So I, that I could make it, this not? thing an open match. I'm, I mean, that might surprise some that I'm actually expecting them to try to play their football. And, you know, and again, I just watched a video from Scott Park and I just I get the feeling that that's what we're going to see reading between the lines. He's trying to get the players to reconnect with the fans, and part of that is just giving a performance and letting the yes. fans know that they've given a hundred to one hundred and fifty percent each and every yes. match. So that's why I'm, you know, and again they did it against Chelsea. So I would not be surprised if the yes. idea is to try to play and and not sit back. All yes, right, all right, Steve. Before we talk about foam, there is one subject I want to talk to you about. And again, this is something that goes back a while for me. And um, we do have a manager, former manager in common, and that's Roy Hodgson. And as you can imagine, he is a legend with Fulham supporters for everything that he did with Fulham. It really, you know, went down with Liverpool. It's completely different because I remember following that season because I wanted to see how Roy would do. And you and I were talking about this off air. What's interesting about how Hodgson is viewed with Liverpool compared to Fulham, it's polar opposite. And, you know, I was thinking about this before we were starting the show because many fans, not all, many fans wanted Ranieri gone, but they don't dislike Ranieri. That's the feeling I get. I shouldn't speak, I should speak for yeah, myself, yeah. but the feeling I get is they don't dislike Ranieri the person. Yeah. Steve, I get a feeling based on all the time in between the years that Hodson was the manager, that bad feeling, it goes deeper than him not being a good manager for Liverpool. Yeah. They really disliked him. So 
I, yeah. I want to get your view of this because obviously we have a completely different view of Roy Hodgson. Yeah, for sure. First of all, he, he was a he was an incredible manager for us. His signings were dreadful. I mean, I don't know how much of that was his fault. You know, he was on the budget constraints. I was going to say that was yeah, when they we, were transitioning to new ownership. So I, I don't, yeah. you know, and again, I I wonder if fans even factored that in. Yeah, for sure. That's one thing. But you know, the 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 issue is, Russ, he he treated Liverpool, and I don't I'm, I don't want to I don't want to offend anyone when I say this, but he treated Liverpool like we were a mid-level Premier League or a lower-level Premier League club. So we would draw with Everton, and he would or sorry, we got beat by Everton, and he said, you know, that was a good performance. That's unacceptable. You know, that that doesn't happen. You can't you can't say that it was a good performance when yep. you've just been beaten by Everton. Um, or but we draw we draw games against teams, and he and he'd be positive about it, which is so I don't think he quite understood the the level of expectation that exists at Liverpool, it's obviously completely different at Fulham. Um, and second of all, as, like you mentioned before, we were going through ownership issues with, uh, under Roy. So when we, when Hicks and Gillette were, were pretty much ousted out of the club, it, it, we were put into temporary control. Um, Christian Perslow was, was kind of in charge. And right. we, had, we, had, we had temporary owners kind of thing who were looking to, to produce a sale. Um, and Hodgson never really seemed to back the fans, if that makes sense. And I think that I think that rubbed a lot of people up the wrong way. So, where Rafa Benitez, his predecessor, was really, he would come out and he would say what he thought about the ownership. You know, this isn't good enough. I'm, I support the fans. Blah blah blah. He, we never ever got that from Roy. Roy. We kind of felt like Roy was almost a yes man. He was quite happy to just do, you know, just take his paycheck and get on with it. And I think that was the, the, the main issue. Also, him. Um, the stories that you know, Liverpool fan groups are quite active and, and with the club, and they communicate a lot. With, with yep. you know, they get involved with it, and apparently Hodgson put a stop to some of that. And I think that rubbed a, a few people the wrong way as well. So there was all that kind of thing. I just think he was he was a poor fit for Liverpool. I think he, I don't think Roy Hodgson's a bad manager. I think he's a good manager for a yep. team in the middle of the Premier League, for example. I think he's a good. I think Crystal Palace is a good level for him. I don't think he's ever any better than that, and I just think the expectation at Liverpool is that, you know, we regardless of who's in your team, who owns the club or whatever, there's an expectation that you fight at the top of the league and that you battle, and you know, and I don't think Roy ever quite lived up to that. And like you say, I don't think it's his fault per se. I think that's just who he is. He was just a bad hire. He was, okay. a, he was a bad. He was just a bad appointment at a terrible time. You know. Feeling around the club was really we were down on morale. The team was rubbish. You know, we had, we, we nearly went bankrupt. There was a lot going on, so morale was low anyway. And we kind of needed someone to come and pick us all up again. You know, a bit of energy, a bit of enthusiasm. And with all due respect to Roy, that isn't Roy. That, Roy, that isn't Roy. He's not a charisma. You know, he's not full of charisma sure. as it is. He's a, he is who he is, and I think that's what the issue was. Okay. I think he got the brunt. I think he got the brunt of a lot of ill feeling. Yeah. And I don't think it was all justified, but I think I could see a lot of it was, and I could see why. You know, the the fans were quite happy. They were by the end of his reign, they were singing for Kenny Dalglish. They were, you know, the Liverpool fans very rarely boo their own team, but their way of showing their displeasure. A, they didn't turn up, so there was empty seats in the stadium, and B, they they were singing Kenny Dalglish's name, and ultimately the board listened because they went and hired Kenny. They did, they absolutely yep. did, and it's funny because I remember even at the time that. Roy was hired. There was talk about possibly the Gleish taking over then, and you know, yeah. and and I think even Manuel Pellegrini was mentioned. Steve going back, yeah, if, yeah, I can, and, if I can remember yeah, correctly, and another manager you all know well, Jürgen Klingsman was another one who they, they yeah. interviewed as well. And to be honest, a lot of them turned us down because they knew the financial situation of the club. Sure. Roy was happy to take that. Roy knew what he was getting himself into. He took it, knowing quite well what he had to do. He yeah. was told that here's your budget, here's your players, you know. He he knew he was fully aware of what was going on. It was, it was he, no surprise. He, he, was walked, no surprise he walked that. into a hornet's nest. Honestly, that's my he, opinion. He did. Yeah, he did. And I, I, not a lot of managers would have succeeded. And I think what Liverpool needed was someone, a, a figure they could get behind. So that's why Kenny. That's why they wanted Kenny. That's it, why it, it worked with work, right. It, and, it, and it didn't really work out for Kenny in the end either. To be honest, you know, he he only lasted two seasons and he was sacked. So yeah, I think Liverpool just need. I think the fans needed someone to galvanise us. And with all, again, like I say, to, to Roy, that isn't Roy. That isn't Roy. Yeah. That's not his. Yeah. You know, he's, he's he's a more he's a he's a softly spoken, quieter man who yep. kind of gets on with the job. And I think Liverpool needed someone with a bit more okay. oomph, for lack of a better word. Okay, so I think it's fair to say bad fit. <laughs> I, I think you yeah, know. I think yeah, that's yeah. Uh, like, and like I say, 
bad, sometimes you hire bad, you hire the wrong guy. Because yeah. You know this from what you you've just seen this happen to your team. Sometimes sure. it just doesn't work out. And yeah, like I say, Liverpool acted quickly. Liverpool got rid of Roy quickly when the, when the ownership changed. Right. They, they got rid and and Fulham did the same. When you know it's not working, cut your losses. Sure. And go again. Yeah. Sure. You know, and, and again, Steve, I, I can certainly understand that. And the one thing I just want to mention, I've, you've already mentioned this, is that the situation that he was brought under was very difficult. And yeah, yeah, it really was. he didn't have, you know, like you said, the budget. You know, you look at the players that came in after he left. I mean, you're talking about bringing in Luis Suarez. And you can think what you want about Andy Carroll. They spent a ton of money on Andy Carroll. That didn't work. But they spent the money. And then you see the players that Roy yep. brought in. And I think that potentially rubbed Liverpool fans the wrong way. But again, he yeah. was probably yeah. under a budget where he, that that's what he could bring in. You know, yeah, so I, I, I think it was a, a bit of both. So, you know, he he Paul, Conches- Paul Konchesky, for example, you know, again in the play. You oh know yes, and was, yes. And he he was terrible for us. He was he signed Christian Paulson, and he was terrible. And I, I, know, I don't that's know, a, like, that's another one. Yep. Yeah, I I don't know, like you say. I think his hands, he's, he's said himself, you know, his hands were kind of tied. Um, so I understand where he's coming from. I just think ultimately bad players and, you know, his, his style of football didn't yep. infuse anybody. I think it was just a really bad time for the club. And to be honest, I think most managers, who, whoever would have came in, would have struggled. Right. But I think, like you, like you just said before, you, you guys don't hate Ranieri. You, or, we don't get that impression. That he, you know, I don't get that impression. Dislike. Yeah. With Liverpool, we, I think we could have hired someone more likable, and maybe they might not have done any better. But I don't think there would have been the bad blood that there was towards okay. Roy. Okay, very good, and I, that's one of the reasons why I want to talk about Steve because it's something that has puzzled yeah, me for course. a long time. Because you know, I follow a lot of Liverpool supporters going back to when I get on Twitter because of uh, the Red Sox purchase them, and I became friends with someone like yourself and, and others, and and uh, I. Honestly, I, I, I want to see Liverpool do well. Obviously, when it's not against Fulham, that's that's a different yeah. story. But but I don't, you know, and again, that's what always bothered me following that season was... What a strange bunch of Liverpool fans. Even We'll all admit it, we're, we're one of a kind. Just, um, <laughs> sometimes it can be hard for outside, people outside the club to kind of get, get their heads around what we're saying. Yeah. And I understand well, that we are the... We're a different breed, almost. Well, what's interesting is that I think you're the same breed as Red Sox fans, so I think you actually have yeah, that in yeah. common. <laughs> yeah. That's why the ownership probably works, because yeah. it's really two very similar fan bases, I think. All right. Yep. Yeah. Coming up next, I'm going to talk to Steve about Fulham. Okay, Steve, let's get into talking about Fulham. We've talked a little bit about them. So what are your thoughts about Fulham heading into this match? You, you've already talked about the first time the team's played, and you thought that Fulham actually played well, one of the better teams to play against Liverpool at Anfield. So yep. where is your head at heading into this match about Fulham? Oh, it's, again, because you've had a change of manager, it's difficult to judge too much because obviously Scott Park hasn't been there for a long time. Um, having said that, you know, there's a reason Fulham have got 17 points and they've lost six games in a run. You yep. know, they're, they're, they are, they're a struggling team. Um, in terms of what to expect, I expect a lot of fight. I expect a lot of passion. But what I do think, Russ, is that I do. I think if Liverpool can get ahead early or get a foothold in the game early, I think that can wane quite quickly. You know, sure. teams get used. To, teams can get used to losing. You know, to, to losing teams go on lose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Losing teams go on losing runs for a reason. So, I think the longer the game's nil nil or a close game, I imagine you know it's going to be there'll be a lot of fight. You know, that, that's one thing that you would say Scott Parker will bring, he won't accept anything less than that, but ultimately, again, there's a reason for them down the bottom of the league and that Liverpool at the top of the league, so if Liverpool's players play as well as Liverpool's players can play, then I expect that they would win the game, um, it just, it really does, just, it really depends on, on I think it, this game hinges more on how Liverpool play than how Fulham play, Okay. but like I say, what, what Fulham do have, they have players who will, if Liverpool don't play at their level or at a decent level, level the likes of Sessegnon, the likes of Mitrovic, the likes of Scherler are yep. good enough are good enough to capitalise where for example we played Huddersfield this year and we didn't really play that well but we still won because they didn't yep. have anybody who could they didn't have anybody who could hurt us. It was similar with Brighton, actually Brighton defended really well and we didn't in both games and we didn't play well at all. But they didn't they, had, they never had a goal threat. They didn't have anyone who could score. I think if Liverpool play like they did against those two teams, 
fight against Fulham, then Fulham have got more of a threat. I think I think in in Babol, Chell, uh, Mitrovic, Sessegnon, yep. there's there's someone who there's, there's a player who will punish you if you don't play well, and that's the, that's the one key I think Liverpool need to play at. If Liverpool play at their level, they'll win. But if they drop below it, then Fulham have got the players who can hurt them for sure. I actually agree with that, Steve, because looking into this match, you know, and again, I keep going back to the first time. The players know, even though there's been a change of manager now twice since then, that they can play with Liverpool. Whether they can beat Liverpool or even get anything out of it is a different story. But they should feel confident going into this that they can stand up and be able to play in this match because they've already done that. And so that's what gives me a little bit of hope of seeing a performance from Fulham. That, to me, is number one. I want to see them really just give it everything that they can and uh, – everything that I'm reading from Scott Park and what I'm watching is I'm expecting that against Liverpool. That's why I'm a little bit excited. I want to see them challenge themselves and make it yep. difficult on Liverpool. And I think if this match is tight, this could be very interesting. But it, like you said, that there it, it always has the possibility of being a blowout because of the players that you have, the goal scorers that you have, that three yep. up front. It could be a blowout. But the longer it goes that it's close, this could be interesting. That's the way I'm kind of looking at it. But you've already – mentioned, you know, I was going to ask you about key players. You've already talked about Mitrovic. Let me ask you about a player. You, I don't think Andre Scherler is ready to come back yet. But Ryan okay. Babel, I think yeah. Ryan Babel could actually be very effective in this match for several reasons, obviously going up against Liverpool again. And at times he's shown something. And then other times he's, you know, he's been inconsistent, I think is the best way to say. What are your thoughts yeah. about Babel? You've just described the player that we had. The exact same. <laughs> he, he, he hasn't changed in all these years that we had him. On his day, he was unplayable. He was fantastic. And then there were days yeah. where he was up. He was just so he was rubbish. And he just did nothing at all. And that's yeah. kind of what you guys have you've seen it. I yeah. saw his debut game and I thought he was excellent. And I've seen him play for you guys. And he's been... Yeah, I thought you know, he played very well, well in that game. game. Yeah, and then there's been times when you might as well have had 10 players because he's been dreadful. And that's, that's kind That's who we had. He's the same player that he, okay. he hasn't changed. But, again, he's quick. He... he he knows where the net, he knows where the back of the net is. He he's a type he's a type of player who, if he played at his level all the time, so you know as high as, as well as he can do, he could play. He'd be playing. You know, he would never have left Liverpool. He'd probably still be a Liverpool player now. But it was because he was so inconsistent, and we just couldn't rely on him. That's ultimately why he left. And I think Fulham are seeing the same type of thing. On his day, he's a match winner. But when it's not his day, he doesn't really offer a whole lot to the team. Very good there, Steve. All right, I was going to go through matchups with you. I, I normally do this, but I, I think I have to give Liverpool the edge on everything. Except <laughs> I do want to talk to you about one matchup that, that I, I think is interesting because as we're talking about this, I'm thinking that this is where the match can be one lost or there be a draw. And draw, you know, like I said, draw doesn't really help them. But for me, it's really about... It doesn't help, it doesn't help Liverpool either. No, it doesn't, it doesn't help. help. Right, right, right. It obviously doesn't help Liverpool yeah. either. It could really hurt Liverpool. Yeah, I sure. think something that fascinates me, and that's why I wanted to ask you about Jordan Henderson. I think yeah. central midfield is going to be an interesting battle because yeah. a player that now has gone back to his role, again, that I remember in the championship a little bit, is Tom Kearney. And yeah. Yeah. Calum Chambers has really taken to the role as as a defensive midfielder and then you know, you can mix and match the player next to him. You can have Kevin McDonald. You could have Sari. You could have Nguisa. But yeah. I actually think with the injuries that you have, and you've talked about it, that this is where the match could be won, lost, or, or drawn. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Kearney will play like more like a number 10 role, I imagine. That's it, it, I, like a more advanced midfield role. Um, in that case, he'll probably come up against Fabinho. Um, Fabinho has been excellent, to be fair. He's been, he's been, he, yep. started, he started slowly, and in fact, it took him a while to even get in the team. Um, basically, Jürgen and, and his coaching staff thought he wasn't ready to play how we play so they kept him on the sidelines for a while um, and then around the Christmas period they brought him in and to be honest he's been he's been really 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 good um, he's, he's he, he reads the game exceptionally well he's quick uh, he, he makes a lot of tackles and he plays the ball well so yeah that, that will be a, for sure that'll be a key battle because other players have gone on top of Fabinho and when that happens that that, that disrupts Liverpool because he's like the metronome, he's he's the one who makes everything tick. So, right. I, if if Kearney can do a job on 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 Fabinho, then that would be a big help for Fulham. I agree. Okay, excellent. All right, let's now get into this. First, I want 
your view of how Liverpool win this match? And then we'll go to Fulham. How Liverpool win the match? Um, yes. Like I say, so uh, if Liverpool play at 8 out of 10, then Liverpool, I think, will win. Um, what, they're gonna, what we do, we're going we're gonna to attack with ferocity. We'll, we'll counter-attack sure. if we're allowed to. If we're not allowed to counter-attack, then we're more than happy to be patient and just probe and probe and probe. And eventually, you trust that Mane, Firmino, Salah will, will do something to, to a bit of magic, which they're all more than capable of doing. Um, so, again, Liverpool, Liverpool's aim, I imagine, going into the game will be if we can... Virgil and, and Joel, if you if you can do a job on Mitrovic and, and you know when the ball goes up to him, don't let him hold it up, don't let him bring others into play, and then let and then let, let our attackers be who they are. And then if that, the game plan, our game plan, very rarely changes. Rush to be honest, that's kind yeah. of what we've done all season. We we're more defensive minded than we were last year. Last year we were very gun co. We're more solid this year, and we, we, we so we're not. We don't make games into basketball matches where it's up and down, up and down. We're, we're very much looking to control the game, right? Keep the back door closed, and then ultimately, if Liverpool keep that, you know, if Liverpool can keep that nil that against their name, there's a good chance that one of our attacking players will do something to get at least one goal. And ultimately, usually, what happens is we have, we have sometimes struggled to get that first one, but then when we've got it, we we, we tend to then go and score two or three. Sure, right. Because, because, it's like it's open. Uh, yeah, well, the, the defense has to open up. And then, and then, and then that space that we were talking about before becomes a right. factor. So, that Liverpool—that's what Liverpool's plan will be: to keep it tight, quiet in the crowd, control the game, and then trust that your, you know, well, one of your world-class attacking players will get the better of a Fulham defence that looks like, you know, it hasn't been able to stop anybody this season. So why? It's, Not it shouldn't really. Be any, it shouldn't really. It shouldn't really be any different this, this weekend. <laughs> okay, Steve. Let's flip it. I'm going to put you in the shoes of Scott Parker. What would you do yep. if you were him? I would tell Mitrovic to stand next to Matip. I would hit every single ball I could towards him, <laughs> and and then try and, and then try and get Kenny or Barbell and Sessegnon to play off him, because okay. Matip, Matip is somebody you can you can bully, you can get the better of. He's a very good player. He's very good with the ball. He he's, he reads the game well, but he's not a physical guy. And I think someone like a Mitrovic would be able to get the better of him. So okay. if I was Scott Parker, I would try and I would go direct. I would try and bypass. Uh, Liverpool's press in midfield. Liverpool will try and press, you know when Fulham got the ball, Liverpool will yep. Firmino, Lallana will press. They will press, press and press. I would try and bypass that by hitting Mitrovic and, and it worked for Hanfield. I think they've done it a few times yeah. and he, he had a, he had a bit of joy. I think if you, I, I think that would be my plan. I think I would try and get it to him as as quickly and often as possible. Okay. And then listen, if you hit ten balls towards him in the half and he and he, he, he might only he only needs to win two or three to make a chance. I, I think if Fulham try and play football, like you mentioned, like really neat and tidy and try and pass their way out, I think that plays into Liverpool's hands with the press. I think you've got to try and bypass, bypass that press. Okay. And I like to mention, like, I think you probably you can understand by how I've spoken about Mitrovic. I'm a big fan. Sure. I think he is. I think he is someone who can hurt us if you, if you make him the focal point, and and then and then see if you can do anything from there. I don't think you're ever going to out football Liverpool, yep. but I think you might be able to to win that battle for sure. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Time for your prediction, and then I'll share mine. I said 3-0 to Liverpool on my show, so I'll, I'll stick with that. Okay. On Redmond TV, what, what were the other predictions? Was everyone pretty much around that? I mean, some of them were – one said 5-0, one said 4-0, I think one said 2-0. So we were, all, we were all very much in the, in the nil column. I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think, I think, there was, I think a, few, a, a few guys predicted an absolute beating. I sure. said 3-0. Okay. Well, I am going to obviously predict a – a Liverpool victory, I, I can't come here and predict <laughs> anything else than that. But I actually think it's going to be closer than most think. Yep. You know, And it's funny because you talked about some of your struggles against Huddersfield Town and Brighton. So yep. I'm just thinking, you know, going up against a team that has been told probably all week, you know, play for the fans, you know, yep. give a performance. They're going to be up for this, and they're going, yep. they're going to be able to play, I hope, with a little freedom because they don't feel situation with uh, relegation is, is pretty much done. I mean, again, there's a slight chance, but I think that they can yeah. play not worrying as, as much about that and just play football. And that's <laughs> what I hope I will see. But I am going to go with, I think it's going to be a lot closer than you guys think. I'm going to say two okay. to one. Whoever, yep, but, you know, you know, because I think you're going to get a reaction from fall. I, I do. I, I think that, th- that again, when I watch that Chelsea match and they, you know, Chelsea, Obviously, uh, probably 
were not playing at their best. And if Liverpool are not, you know, again, my hope is that Liverpool are not at their best. You know, listen, you just played played a In match, Munich, you know, against yeah. Bayern Munich. You know, so so yeah, maybe yeah, they'll sure. they'll be a little a little overconfident. That, you know, who knows? So yeah, I'm going yeah, two sure. to one to Liverpool, and uh, we'll see what happens. Any win, any win will do me. I'll take I'll take one nil. I don't care anything. Just make sure we win. I understand that, Steve. Listen, thank you so much. You were on much longer than uh, than I told you we were going to be on. So just thank you for for really uh, spending some time Anytime. with me today. Anytime. Okay, no and, and listen, could you just tell everyone about Redmond TV if they're not familiar with it? You know, if Fulham fans want to get the view of uh, Liverpool. Yeah, sure. Head over to YouTube, youtube.com slash TV. Um, Liverpool fan channel where, we, again, similar to you guys, we, we talk to other Liverpool fans preview every game. There's a, a paid subscription service where you can get hours and hours of content all around every Liverpool football club. I'm happy to be a, a, a small part of it. So, yeah, for sure, if you go over to, to YouTube at, uh, at youtube.com slash TV or follow me on Twitter at Seahaw, um, you'll find all the links and stuff there. Okay, excellent, Steve. Well, listen, it's been a pleasure having you on, but we do have to wrap this up. For my guest, Thank Steve Hoare, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.